0: We have a very exciting interview with a jealousy and insecurity expert.
1: Is our insecurity or yeah. our jealousy based in reality or are we taking old patterns from our history yeah. and being hyper vigilant and seeing these hurtful things where there might not be any actual evidence of that?
2: Do I know everything? Like, is there stuff? Because I keep telling myself that he doesn't love me. But is that everything? Is that the real story?
0: It gives people some understanding so that they don't feel damaged or they don't feel distorted or they don't feel like something's wrong with them. And we can balance blame and shame by understanding the origins of this. This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website and because each person is so unique all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved.
1: Welcome to We're Not Fine. I'm Dr. Talia Jackson.
0: And I'm Doug Jensen. We thank you for listening every week to our deep and thought-provoking conversations about relationships. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the We're Not Fine podcast.
1: Hi, friends.
0: Where we have a very exciting interview with a jealousy and insecurity expert. And Talia and I were just talking like we we did the interview and we kind of do this intro of it after. Um, but now
1: we're just reeling with all yeah. these thoughts. And yeah. it was so juicy and interesting and insecure attachment versus secure attachment yeah. and just all of the things that go along with partnership and is our insecurity or our jealousy based in reality or are we taking old patterns from our history and being hyper vigilant and seeing these hurtful things where there might not be any actual evidence of that
0: well and it's interesting because one of the things that we became and i really i can personally just tell you i You know, I had a moment of insecurity in one of my friendships this last week, and it was really timely um, because I overreacted. I made shit up in my head and it really brought to terms, which is what we're going to talk to this Mm -hmm. expert about. Um, Shanna was such a lovely person to disclose her own experience. Mm-hmm. Like this is a basic human experience that all of us have at times. And I got really mad at myself for being like, why would you do that, Doug? You're smarter than that. You know better. You have great relationships. Why would you have any doubt about it? But the truth is we all have lots of experience that come into play. You know, the insecurities that I had growing up.
1: And trauma a, yeah, and yeah absolutely, needs.
0: Absolutely, unmet mm-hmm. needs. Not, not building secure attachments with my caregivers in the way that would have been helpful. That's you know, crazy. I think that's part of the, you know, the origins of some of this. But but, so we're kind of excited, and this intro is not quite the same banter as we usually no, have. No, but. but that's
1: all we want to talk about. Yeah, and, it is. And just this idea that, like, in the moment, you might be feeling this unmet need or yep. feeling insecure. But instead of owning that there might be a part you're bringing into the relationship, what yep. it often looks like is that asshole is doing this or that or looking at this person or that person or they're distracted, they're not giving me what they need, they're making me feel this way.
0: So without going into all of the details of what we would love to process about this, Please listen to this episode and realize, you know, one of the nicest pieces about being able to do a podcast with people like Shannon Mm. is that, you know, this basic human condition, we just have a hard time sometimes talking about those things that make us feel ashamed or make us feel less than or make us feel like we are imperfect as human beings. That is not what the message is. The message is we're all human. So please, without further ado, enjoy this conversation about jealousy and insecurity. And please think. About how this relates to you and your experiences.
1: That's right. Some people
0: are better at this than others. And so, are you
1: possibly co-creating a story yeah. that you don't want to be a part of?
0: And as you can see, Talia and I wore green
1: oh, yeah, because we, we decided
0: green with envy was the theme. You today. know, I
1: didn't ever know because I'm an only that yeah. I sort of enjoy twinning. And like it's With like, me, it's kind of
0: cheesy. I should probably get a wig that looks like your hair,
1: and I should get a goatee wig.
0: Oh yeah, long and yeah, flowy. or just let your hair grow on your face.
1: I could just use some tape. Yeah, or yeah. You guys, this one's juicy. I'm not Loved gonna it. lie.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We can't just do this kind of silly banter today because I just got really invested in this conversation. I just don't think we talk about and and because because jealousy and insecurity can feel so painful emotionally and affect our lives. Um, we're just gonna stop talking though. Enjoy Shannon.
1: All right, friends, without further ado, cause we are-
0: Do, 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 do.
1: We have, not only is Shannon Bryant going to talk to us about insecurity and jealousy In all of these couples, which is something that Doug and I have seen in—I don't know, maybe most couples that not only most couples,
0: but really we all feel it. Like we've all had those Mm -hmm. moments. Which this is a fun topic for me. Like I think the word jealousy comes off as such an ugly, ugly thing. Which, by the way, to our viewers who are looking at us on YouTube, Talia and I wore green because green is like symbolic of green with envy. Which envy and jealousy, by the way, can be two different things too, right? I'm sure you have a take yes. on that, right? But I, I'm excited I because we I'm all excited. feel that. We all, you know, especially at various times in our lives, we feel a little insecurity. And a lot of times people will say, how do I develop that security? So I'm, I'm so excited about this conversation.
1: Shannon, welcome. Yeah. And will you, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Will you introduce yourself to our listeners?
2: Sure. Well, thank you both so much for having me on the podcast. You're I'm so excited welcome. about the topic, of course. And you're right. It is a pretty juicy topic. I think the interesting thing is we think that people don't experience this or a handful or randomly. No. As you said, a lot of a lot of couples experience this jealousy, especially with one partner or the other. So on one yep. side or the other. So I really stumbled on talking about this topic on my own podcast. I was doing a talk for an ACA women's group, Adult Children of Alcoholics. Oh goodness, okay. And yeah, I was just telling my story, what it was like to grow up with a father who was an alcoholic. And I talked a little bit about my struggles with jealousy in my relationships and my insecurity. So I definitely stayed way too long in relationships, because of my insecurities. Yep. And then I ruined some good ones with potentially good people mm. because of my jealousy. God, I love so that So I talked answer. a little yep. bit about that, yeah. Yep. And at the end, all these hands raised like, oh my gosh, thank you so much <laughs> for talking about that because I thought I was the only one. I yep. thought I was just that way and I, was the only one having these feelings? Like you're. So speaking, I thought, okay, that's what I need to talk about.
1: You're speaking for the people, but it is taboo and there is stigma around it. But so, how mm-hmm. would you, for those those of us listening, how would you connect your experience having a father who struggled with alcoholism mm-hmm. and your insecurities or and your and being jealousies. an adult child of an alcoholic? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I grew up in a very. Obviously, chaotic and abusive environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my father wasn't the type of alcoholic, like the functioning type. No, he was wrecking cars and wrecking homes and, you yeah. know, ha- being pulled out of bars, those types of things. And so, um, in the end, I was about 12 years old. My parents got divorced and he came on a Saturday to pick up me and my little brother. He had been telling us that he was in AA, he wasn't drinking anymore, he really wanted his family back. And he came to pick up me and my little brother and he had a beer in his lap. Mm. And I was like, Mm-mm, no. And so I told him at that time, if as long as you're drinking, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Mm. But I was 12 and wow. he took that to heart. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So I didn't talk to him again until I was 25 and that was just briefly. And then I didn't speak to him again until just this last three years, which happened to be the last three years of his life. And we were able to build a beautiful relationship, but throughout the years, I told myself the story of if my own father doesn't love me, Why would anyone else? I'm just I must not be worthy of being loved by someone. And so when you're constantly worried and have that fear, because it's all fear based, Mm. when you have that fear of I'm going to lose this or this person's going to leave me or I'm not worthy of being with this person, that's really when the jealousy comes in.
1: Like this person is choosing alcohol over me time and again. And also what I'm picturing is that it really um, ruined your trust in him and Mm. in people.
0: Yeah, I was going to say in others, we translate that. And, you know, I think, Shannon, one of the things I would say is you're you're talking about an insecure attachment building, right? Like you're talking about all the things that we're looking for. Like you didn't know what that was. You were not shown what that was. So when you don't have an experience growing up as a child, that your arena that you you, you live in with your caretaker and caregiver is safe mm-hmm. and, and consistent, we naturally don't know how to feel neurologically even about an attachment that is secure. The other thing that I think, when it comes to like trust, I mean, I think oftentimes people try to find that person who resembles like your dad. I find a lot of ki- times people <laughs> you're smiling because you've done that, uh, but you know we we look for yeah. someone similar to the person that made us feel unwanted and undesired in an effort mm. to kind of correct that experience or have redemption from that experience. So we naturally probably gravitate. I'm guessing I could be wrong. Uh, maybe you found other alcoholics in your dating history. Um, that might resemble I kind
1: of... I did. <laughs> ah, Fancy ah, that. Then have of us?
0: Yep. And it's really hard, isn't it, Shannon? And really is jealousy and insecurity are what we're talking about, but that's part of it. I mean, you're looking for that person mm-hmm. to love you and, that, and to have it be different so you don't have to take on that deservingness and personalize that. Mm. I wonder if you yes. might talk about that a little more.
2: Yeah, and the other thing that I also feel Realized along the way, as I was really working on overcoming my jealousy, is there's a part too where we have this a little bit of backslide because when things start getting good, Mm -hmm. that is very uncomfortable. So now you're right, I had a slew of alcoholics in my past or people who just didn't treat me the way that I deserved, which is familiar.
0: It's what you knew, yes, it's
2: what love, yes. So I would just go back to. This is what I know. This is what feels comfortable, even though I don't like it and I know it's not good for me. It's what feels comfortable. That's what I'm yeah. used to.
1: Yeah. and So it's hard were, to get out of that cycle. What you were mentioning, I think that is so important to talk about, is that if your nervous system is set to feel comfortable with a certain level of fear, dysregulation, um, maybe a certain pattern of like needing reassurance or having some big blowout and then, you know, whatever it is, you're always waiting for that second shoe to drop or the waiting for the other ball to Mm -hmm. drop. And so if your nervous system feels too calm, like, yeah what happens? Like that's when the anxiety comes in. And you were mentioning that you were starting to maybe have some patterns that had nothing to do with the actual person that was in front of you either.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would be extremely jealous with people they gave me, and that is how it is most of the time. I don't really have any proof. I don't have any, they've not done anything to show that they're untrustworthy, but now I've just developed this Non-trust, you know, it's hard to yeah. um for me to believe or to trust in someone because I'm always waiting for that deceit. Right. And, um, so a lot of times people either come from a similar background as me. they have that dysfunction, or sometimes they are in relationships where that person, their partner, did cheat on them, right yeah. or a series of relationships where there's infidelity. And so they develop sort of that same thing of, you know, we we know how that works. Like I don't want this to happen again, yeah. <laughs> So what do i do to protect it and prevent it
1: and we're definitely going to get to all of those like interesting pieces especially like there's you know i talk to my couples about you know sometimes or just even my individuals that are feeling insecure or um you know yeah mostly insecure that there's a difference between i'm feeling insecure this is something that i'm often feeling in relationships versus mm-hmm. i'm feeling insecure because this is an actual insecure attachment and this person does not have my back
0: doesn't have your back and doesn't give you what you need and yeah. that's you know part of communicating what that is yeah. I want to know a little bit more, Shannon, about like how it is. I mean, you've obviously given us a lot of examples of times in your life where you have felt jealousy, insecurity, where it might be warranted, where it may not mm-hmm. be warranted, and, of course, that has an impact on your relationships. I mean, I remember it when I was young and I was just coming out as a gay man and I, I dated my first person, and he was, like, playing pool, and some guy walked behind him and checked out his back end. And I walked up and I said, that's mine. And I was like,
1: oh! Yeah. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yeah. Where did that come from? By the way, everyone thought it was so cavalier of me, like, uh, like chivalrous of me, like, your man is defending you. So his friends were like, I want a man like Doug. That's not fun. Like, I felt really right. insecure. I felt really out of control. It was not good. I would make up stories. Mm. And I, similar to you, um, well, my parents were not alcoholics, my mother had mental health issues, and there was some abuse in my household, some uh, la- deprivation of, like, good food, etc., Um, And Mm. so it was always I have that same sort of tendency. And what's interesting about this topic and why I'm so excited, I do feel like I've mastered it. Like, Mm. I feel like I recognize, you know, when I feel insecurity about something in my life. And we're going to talk about this. Like Mm -hmm. I, and I have so many questions, Shanna, I just want to put this out there though. Like I have questions about like, is it jealousy or is it just like annoyance that the person in your life is making poor choices? Cause I have that, I have that differentiation sometimes in my own circumstances. Like there's so many ways of looking at this, but.
2: Oh my gosh. That question (gasps) comes up all the time with my clients. Like, is this, is this something that quote unquote normal people would be upset about? Or is it just because I'm jealous? And it's that not trusting in yourself to make that decision. It's over and over and over again. I could coach all day long every day on just that alone of, is it me or is this, would everybody be upset about
0: Shannon, you just got to where I, and I I know I'm a little off topic here. I love that you got a little excited about that topic. Because I often will tell people, that doesn't sound like jealousy. I think you're just really irritated with that person in your life continuing <laughs> to make poor choices.
1: Or like, what's normal level yeah. yep. and trusting yes. your gut yeah. and what is toxic?
0: Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I feel like that's
1: mm-hmm. us skipping ahead.
0: To I know. End. We just. I, I want to go all over, though. But your energy <laughs> around that, when you said you have this issue with people all the time oh. of wanting to know, like, what is a normal response to some of this stuff? Um, I yeah. I don't always think it's jealousy. Like if you're not getting what you need from a relationship, that's not necessarily mm-hmm. insecurity and jealousy. It's that that person may not be giving you what you what you need to feel secure, to feel loved, mm-hmm. and that goes to all yeah. kinds of questions about how we feel loved. So,
1: well, should we yes. dive into that? That's even freaking though it's dive like in at the end. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Well, <laughs> Shannon, what do you think about that? Normal levels, toxic levels, mm-hmm. trusting your gut. Yeah.
2: Well, I think so. One that has to happen for that person, right? The reason it's so confusing all the time is because they don't have that self-confidence, because they don't have that self-trust in them. So they're constantly questioning. But once they get through and start working on jealousy and start working on their worth, their self-worth, and believing that they are worthy and kind of getting through all that stuff that's in the way, then it's way easier to tell okay this, you know what i'm not gonna put up with this type of stuff and i it's very clear to me mm-hmm. that this is not for me or this is wrong right so i mean that is really that differentiator of i'm probably going to always be confused and second guess mm-hmm. and question yep. as long as i don't feel like i'm worthy we live in this scarcity a lot of times in relationships especially people mm-hmm. with this type of background. Like, That's oh right. my gosh, I'm not good enough for anybody else. This is, maybe this is as good as I'll get. Yeah. And so then you just go, well, I guess I'm gonna deal with this because I'm not strong enough. I don't feel strong enough myself to do anything about
1: it. Mm. That's
0: what so it, well put. It is really well put. Um, and it's almost like what we're talking about is a mindfulness, right? We're talking about mm. like being in the moment, listening to yourself. What I'm loving so much, Shannon, it didn't even, and I did not read all the questions beforehand. Um, I like some spontaneity. What I'm loving so much that you're doing is talking about this confidence that really just listen to yourselves. Like I tell people a lot of times in relationships, if you are not feeling connected, if you're not feeling secure, if you have these constant questions, you know, we just actually talked with someone not so long ago about uh, a narcissistically abusive pattern of choosing relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys were fucking with her. And so there was ample reason to not feel secure, but she didn't feel comfortable saying, I don't feel right about that. All of her intuition was correct. All of her, you know, experience internally. So when you talk about like that self-confidence, like, listen to yourself and trust yourself and reality test that and, and make sure that you have valid reasons for kind of, you know, coming up with stuff. Because the other piece is to say, and like you said before, like, you've created these circumstances in your own life. We all have. Like, when I said, that's mine, please. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: well, yeah. And didn't that feel different than, like, intuition? And so I think that's intuition is something mm. that's lighter and yep. it just kind of comes in. You just know, like I yep. have this in my gut feeling. I just know when you're saying, hey, that's mine. It feels really heavy and it feels very different Ugh. than intuition. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, it is like I I did not take a moment and I was young like it was I was in my 20s. I was probably 25. Um I'm only a few years older than that now.
1: Yeah, you're only 26. (laughs) Thank you, Talia. So I've grown a lot in a year.
0: (laughs) You know, and it's interesting. I just And I'm going to be all over the place here. But we had uh, a person who talked about polyamorous relationships and how compersion Mm. is the word where Mm. you can actually be really happy for your partner to be happy, enjoying and being joyful in another person's sexual or emotional relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: boy, does that take work.
1: Well, maybe that's the height of self-confidence and ability to sit back. Be generous. Be generous. And
0: be trusting of your connection with someone. So anyway, Uh, I'm all over the place.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because I had a really great interview with somebody and I learned so much. They were talking about um, um, those relationships where you have multiple partners. And what's really interesting about that is when we're in monogamous relationships, we kind of go into it with this assumption that, okay, They're mine, I'm theirs. And they're not gonna hurt me. Like that's the expectation. But there's also no conversation of jealousy. Mm. In non-monogamous relationships, they know that that's gonna happen. So they have open conversations typically about what are we gonna, like the plan for this and what are we gonna do and how are we going to maneuver through it? Where in monogamous relationships, we just don't have those same conversations. I agree
0: entirely with you. We should. And everyone should, by the way, because because there's no heterosexual – I mean, there's no – not heterosexual, but there's no monogamous relationship either where there isn't somebody who – You know, you notice your partner connecting to or you wonder if there's something else going on at the uh, water fountain or the coffee maker at the the office. (laughs) Um, I just think there's a lot of possibilities. And I think that the couples that can really talk about this and check it out and not be bothered Mm -hmm. by it, because I think some people really get annoyed. I I think it's usually a red flag when someone's annoyed by someone's like, I'm feeling a little jealous and insecure. Can we talk about this? Like, you should be able to frickin' talk about anything, right? So,
1: But I could see mm -hmm. it becoming old if it's a Constant. If it's a constant and right. you as the partner yeah. um, aren't really doing anything that you feel like would warrant yep. that, then it would just feel like, oh, my gosh, my partner needs so much.
0: Yeah. Affirmation. Validation.
1: validation. Yeah. Um, Shannon, mm-hmm. you said something really interesting, I think, on your website that um, I was like, hmm, I wonder what this means. But you say um, jealousy is not the problem. It's the solution. What Mm -hmm. does that mean? Yeah. So a
2: lot of people will say, oh, I have such a problem with jealousy. I'm so jealous. It's causing this huge problem in my relationship. And so they're really, you know, it's like a doctor attacking the symptom versus the root cause. That's right. right? So that jealousy is there to say, hey, there's something off. There's something that you need to look at. That's right. What we When we're extremely jealous, what we tend to do sometimes is think, well, that must mean that there is there is a reason Mm -hmm. to feel jealous. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: A lot of times when you have the extreme jealousy and, and like with people that I work with, it's it's a sign of what's going on that's, you know, what's deeper than that. It's there that jealousy is showing up to say, hey, you need to go look at the root cause because really in the, you know, people ask me all the time, well, how do you work with people and tell them not to be jealous. What if their partner's really cheating on them? Okay, we're not focused on if their partner's going to cheat on them or not. I have no idea. But why is it such a daily thing for you that's driving your life that you feel jealous all the time, that you feel anxious all the time, and that you feel unworthy all the time. So that is why, so jealousy is actually a solution to something, not the problem.
1: And also it sounds like it's the flag waving. It's like the red flag that there is a deeper problem. It's like a coping mm-hmm. strategy for a deeper problem.
0: Well, yeah, and yeah. it's interesting. There's a, a, I always joke about this sign that is outside our airport here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, where it says, if you see something, say something. It's the yeah. same mantra. Like, if there's something going on and you're feeling a certain way, pay attention to it and evaluate mm-hmm. it and figure out what to do with it and whether, whether or not you need to or not. I'm kind of curious, yeah. Shannon, if you could comment on, like, what you see – as common factors or triggers for people to become Mm. jealous. Mm. Realizing that's probably a big range. Go ahead.
2: So I think there are two big areas that I've seen so far. One is growing up with some dysfunction in your childhood, having a parent who hasn't been there in your life that, you know, you kind of have that abandonment Mm -hmm. part or they just weren't being the parent that they should have been. Right. The second (sighs) category that I see people fall in is everything was fine, they dated someone, mm-hmm. they really were in love with this person, that person cheated on them, and then maybe they dated somebody else and that person cheated on them. Yeah. So they you know, kind of started to get into this series of, of um, relationships where there was infidelity. So I really see those two buckets most often. Mm. It's either one or the other. Um, and then it just starts to grow. What happens is that jealousy then becomes these insecure habits that they Mm -hmm. do all day long, constantly. You guys were talking about that validation and reassurance. They are going to their partner constantly and saying, I I need reassurance. I need reassurance. And it's kind of, you know, I, my Facebook group is called jealousy junkies. I call it that because Shannon, I love it wow it is like that right it's that pattern of almost like a drug like oh, i have this thing that i'm feeling worked up about i need it i need this reassurance from my partner
1: Hmm. they give it
2: to me they try to they give it to me and okay that settles me down for a minute but then i go right back into i need that reassurance again that is horrible and miserable for a partner you cannot sustain that for someone Mm. For very long, you know, of, I'm having to constantly reassure you.
1: What it sounds like when you put it like that, like, OK, first of all, jealousy junkies. That is so <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. But I'm also <laughs> thinking about this addiction model. And mm-hmm. also, I know we we're just about to talk about like brain chemistry, too. But it also sounds like OCD that in the absence of me being able to see that the, you know, my I oven whatever my what am I trying to say? What is that called again? Well, like
0: intrusive thoughts and and (laughs) right, compulsions and in the absence
1: of me seeing that my doors are locked and my oven is off, I don't trust my own. Memory or understanding of if that's really true, so I need mm-hmm. to be able to see it or do it with my own eyes to believe it. And it's just like it doesn't stick to the ribs. That feeling of assurance. Well, that's that reality disappears, us, right?
0: You know, like you look for validation that what you're feeling is accurate. Um, yeah. I got to just comment totally off the, you know, off the beaten path here. I did not think much about this podcast episode before because you are a last-minute guest, and I'm so grateful. Yes. Shannon, I am like fire inside about I know. this conversation. So... I, and you, you are so easy to talk to. I mean, I'm just beyond delighted with you having been our guest today. I
1: told you you'd love her.
0: I, I absolutely love you, and I love this conversation, and I'm finding myself so, like, goose-pimply about wanting to go yeah. so many directions because what you just did is so critically important because basically you told people jealousy has an origin that's very real. Mm -hmm. if you were neglected Mm -hmm. if you were abused if you did not get a good you said it so beautifully like if your parent did not do what they were supposed to do
1: yeah unmet
0: needs what's so beautiful about that is it gives people some understanding so that they don't feel damaged or they don't Mm -hmm. feel distorted or they don't feel like something's wrong with them and we can balance blame and shame by understanding the origins of this and then also to say that if you've been in recurrent relationships where you've been cheated on that's a very real Mm -hmm. experience that's so fucking hurtful you know that of course you're gonna be like looking in the future I I have a client by the way who I just told every time you go on a date with someone I need you to tell him at some point, this is my experience. So sometimes I get a little insecure and I start making yes. things up and I may occasionally need affirmation. Are you someone that can give that to me? And she's like, you want me to do that on the first date? And I said, yes, I do want you to do that on <laughs> I the first would date.
1: do anything to be a fly on the wall to hear how that went.
0: Well, you know, if you see potential, know it's going to happen because what you're Damn. talking about, Shannon, is not an easy pattern to break.
1: No. And this is this is what I've noticed in some couples. I just thought of of something that is like an interesting dynamic. And I always have wondered, is this the difference between being securely attached and insecurely attached? But let's say, for instance, like I see I see the woman. She's in a relationship with this guy. They're both divorced and have kids and they've found each other in their 40s. Um, But she's insecurely attached. And he is securely attached. And so what happens is whenever they're not together, her story keeps on going in her head about the relationship, what the absence of the conversation means, what he's not Mm. texting the same way, he's not doing this, he's not doing that, everything's changing, whereas The guy or maybe people who are more securely attached, it's almost like this out of sight. I I could I could just it could just be me or it could just be what I'm noticing. But like this out of sight, out of mind in a way that it's I'm assuming like, for instance, with my husband, I feel pretty darn securely attached after, you know, 25 years. I have something
0: to tell you. Hold on. I'm kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm going to lose my thought. But so I feel like this out of sight, out of mind with the secure attachment where it's like our relationship is sort of like I'm pressing pause on my storyline about Rob and I, because I feel like we were really good this morning when we kissed each other goodbye. It won't occur to me that anything would have changed and that we're always going to be in the same place. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It
0: does make sense. And you know, I love the word pause. Like you have to just kind of stop that intrusive thinking that can lead you to go down a path of irrational, distorted, not based in reality thinking, right? right? So I kind of love that idea. And I think particularly when our spouses or significant others travel,
1: you know, mm-hmm. we're quite aware
0: that they're away from them. <laughs> That's I love where that a look. A lot Shannon. of
1: problems, coming. I
0: mean, it's of course it's where you really have to have trust in that relationship.
1: That's right. So trust yeah. in yourself,
2: trust in them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, you hit it. Of course, travel is such a big one. Mm. Going to work on a daily basis is such a big one. Yep. And you know, I share a lot of different um, stories about me and my husband when i was in my jealous mode and i always say you know should he have left probably i mean he probably should have thank goodness he didn't and he stuck it through and i worked on myself but you know, it it got so bad to a point where we couldn't go to dinner. We couldn't go to the movies. Tell we us, go like, spell it out. Celebrate.
1: What did it look like? So, if I were taking a video of it, what did that look like? Your je- jealous whoo, stage. Yeah, <laughs> it's so
2: ugly. Um, like, it can be so ugly. So I give some examples, and the reason that I, you know, when I started to, decided to do the podcast, I said, okay, if I have to be the one, and we talked about this, if 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 no one else wants to talk about it because I understand the shame, okay, I will be vulnerable and I'll tell the stories that I know are happening in other relationships. Mm-hmm. So people can at least just go, Oh my gosh, you it's know, not thank goodness, it's not just me. Yep. So for example, when my husband and I would go to a restaurant, I mean, I, I'm all, I was always, on the lookout for any potential threats. And so I would have already scouted the room and I would have already seen all the potential threats before we even put our name in with the hostess to sit down. I mean, I would already know. And so then when we're eating dinner, and of course, inevitably we sat right next to, you know, if it were the person that I was worried about because that's just how stuff works when you're in that mode, but if he would look and happened to look in that direction of that person that I thought was a threat, Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, I explode. It, it, it just would explode and it was this huge blow up. Yeah. He could have just been looking to see where the restroom was, right. but not in my, you talked about OCD and that, yeah. like not in my, what I saw is what I thought I saw. Yeah.
0: Shannon, all we're talking about a very deep disclosure here and very personal stuff, but I'm kind of <sighs> curious because I want to say two things about what you just described your experience was. My mm-hmm. guess is that you started getting warm. Your body started right. getting a warmer temperature. You started, heart. your heart was beating a little bit faster. Cheeks. Absolutely, like all of that visceral, mm-hmm. physical stuff that happens. Yep. But also, I'm kind of curious, when you say explosion, Were you passive aggressive? Mm. Were you direct? Were you, what were you? How did that get expressed? So
2: people handle it a couple different ways for me. And what I hear a lot is, and this is where we kind of go into the brain stuff. But what I hear a lot is I have no, I feel like I have no control over Mm. myself. It's like this other person coming out and Saying what they're saying and doing what they're doing without any regard, and they feel like they cannot control it. It literally feels uncontrollable to them.
1: And maybe that so they're—that was right. mostly my
2: response. Yeah, that
1: they're—it's they're, like a righteous indignation that I have every right to be exploding at you because of the way you just made me feel by you know ABC. And that
0: I have no means of calming my brain and calming my body. Yes.
2: Right? Yeah. I saw what I saw, you're not going to convince me otherwise, and I don't know how to stop this, what's going on in my body. That is how someone feels in those moments. I mean,
1: what an incredible perspective, too, to have come from this place where you're saying, I was hypervigilant, I was always assessing all of the potential threats because I, Mm -hmm. you didn't say this, but what I'm hearing is like, My whole nervous system knew with 100% certainty that it was just going to take one beautiful woman that he happened Mm -hmm. to see in passing that's going to destroy our whole lives. So I have to prepare for that or make sure that never happens.
0: So I want to go back to something mm-hmm. you said earlier, too. Like you said, he should have left, which I'm not going to suggest mm-hmm. I, think, I think was the case. <laughs> I think there's recovery, right? And I just want to mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit. And I'm sure you're going to add on to this as well. But I think in a circumstance like that where you – and, I, you know, I admit I recently did this with a friend. And I was sarcastic and I was – Talia knows aggressive. this. I was passive-aggressive. I'm like, yeah, just go do this then. And I was just, like, not great. This person and I worked it out just last night and I said, I'm so sorry. Like I just, I got into this weird, it's the repair, Mm -hmm. but you know, I want to just tell our viewers and our listeners, you know, the reality is you get to recover, You get to say, Mm -hmm. I am sorry that happened. I felt out of control. I am working on it. Um, Mm -hmm. And to help start working on regulating yourself. Like, I loved what you said. Like, it feels like there's no other path other than to like, right? And just go after (laughs) that person. Like, I saw what I saw. I know what that was. You're Um, doing this
1: to me and And everyone else is a threat. And of
0: course you're doing something on the side that's gonna betray my trust and hurt me. So I'm gonna kick it off at the pass. I'm gonna head it off and I'm gonna destroy this first.
1: (laughs) But you know what I kind of love? (laughs) (laughs) that like i think it's important for people to see like all three of us are professionals like and you just said i've mastered this right but what that also means isn't that you're perfect in every way all the correct it means that you can sit for a moment and be like oh did i Mm -hmm. just fall into an old pattern i've got some self-awareness because this is what i say in every episode right like is it our fault that our dad was an alcoholic and I developed these patterns or I have unmet needs or that I am I was abused or that I'm hypervigilant looking for threats? No, it's an explanation. Yeah. But also the second you're aware of it, it's your responsibility to own it and try to yeah. figure out ways to grow and heal and be a better
0: Mm-hmm. Just be better. Partner
1: to yourself yeah. and to whomever Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's
2: really where you want to get to is that self-awareness. I think, you know, forever, for many years, for decades, I went through going, that's just me. That's what's going to happen in that circumstance. Yes. And that's how I'm going to respond. And, you know, I think the reason my husband did stay is because he saw okay, she's yep. working on this, yep. and yep. it might be slow, but I can see some changes. And part of that is, and what you have to work on first is, like, those three things of what you think, do, and say. I, mm-hmm. and even just going through a quick exercise of thinking of the things that I would say to him on a daily basis, oh. of, you know, the the great, the flippid comments, like, if he would try to tell me, um, a story about something that happened a while ago and I didn't yeah. remember right away. I yeah. go, Oh, that must've been your other girlfriend. Or, you know, it's those little Interest. jabs, Those it's little not ropes. something yeah. really nasty, but those little jabs that I was doing yeah. constantly. And then when you start looking at what other things am I saying, what all things am I saying? I think people don't realize and how often wow. I am saying those because things to Because it's also my partner. your,
1: this is your internal dialogue that yes. you're narrating out loud. Yeah, that's really powerful. But
0: here's what I would say about that. I mean, first of all, you have the ability to have that awareness that you're doing it, which I think is really half the battle. Yes. But then the question is also, and this goes back to something we've already talked about, which is like reality testing. Are you really not getting? By the way, there are people cheating and lying on people all the time. Right. So the reality is that that intuition that you have should be paid attention to, like you said before. But Shannon, this is also what I think. I have, you know, with this person that I said on your first date, let them know this is a challenge for you. You've been betrayed by dudes before, including your dad, um, and so you know what what you need during that time. And I I come up with usually like is there a word? Is there a yeah. uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a single signal that you can give that you're starting to feel that heat That's and you're right. starting to feel that mm-hmm. like pressure that you're you just want to explode and say what the fuck are you doing? I saw you look at her right. um, or him. Yeah. Uh, but there's a part of this, Shannon, that if you can and I told this person I said let's come up with a a word. That can let him know you're feeling insecure and he can do what he needs to do to affirm you. Like t- touch, mm-hmm. your, touch your knee and say, everything's good. We're solid. There's nothing going on. Right. Like there's ways yeah. of working on this as a couple that I think are maybe seemingly mm-hmm. so contrived for some people, no, but it's it okay to ask for what you changer. need. It can be a game changer to know that that person sees you, hears you, doesn't roll their eyes like, oh, here she is again, getting jealous. Right. Your husband did not do that. Like he might've thought that at times, like, Okay. So she's doing it again for no reason. But he found a way to say, I know what I'm getting. She's working on it. Yes. And all I have to do is say, I love you. I'm in this with mm-hmm. you. Right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, um, I wish it were really that beautiful, that he said it that beautifully <laughs> ah, 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 the whole time.
0: Right, right, right. It
2: took a while to get yeah. there. There were some other, uh, you know, conversations in there when it was really bad. But yes, I mean, yes. it is also, I you were talking about triggers and like what would trigger somebody um and i always say in this it wasn't something that i created but using those as a prompt so instead of like mm. a, it, it being a trigger this is a prompt for me to do something different like Ooh. this is telling me okay here that feeling is this is what I always do. What can I do differently? Brilliant. And one of
1: That's yeah. Right. And That's
2: so right. one of the part, you know, if them understanding how that amygdala and the cortex are, are talking to each other. Yes. Just that alone helps to explain just a little bit of, okay, how do I do something different in this moment? How do I use that as a prompt instead? Well, let's
1: talk about the amygdala. In case, like, okay. you know, because I feel like <laughs> yeah. the amygdala is such a huge player in our brain. Like that yeah. hind brain fight or flight, perceiving threats, um, dysregulating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our anxiety, our rage, our fear. It's like caveman, cavewoman yeah. vibe.
0: Like mm-hmm. theory. theory.
1: Yeah, tell tell people that that don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's really about calming that part of your brain and recognizing that there is a part of your brain that is responding to that external stimulus. And the goal is to calm. The goal is to recognize I'm aroused right now. It's kind of like when I tell people, and I'm not great at this uh, because I'm a kind of an explosive talker like oftentimes uh one of my buddies who I have these issues with that I'm working through sometimes like he literally he'll say why are you yelling I'm like I don't know I don't I'm know. Not yelling. I don't even... is that
1: what you say <laughs> no I say I don't know
0: I don't know so I usually back up and I'm like all right just take a second here but I think I'm yelling because I you know I think most people yell because they don't know that they're getting heard but it kind of goes with this whole thing like you're you dis- feel regulated. like yeah you're dysregulated so yes you know what we're talking about and please feel free to expand on this but you know the part of our brain that we need to calm. Um, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like DBT dialectical behavioral therapy that that whole wise mind idea like yes. you're trying to get your brain into a place where you are logically and rationally thinking please feel free to elaborate
2: yeah, yeah. like yeah and I explain it I try to keep it you know just very simple of thinking okay Think of that as your seeing eye dog in a way, like this dog is Uh, looking, hmm. you know, it's your protector. It's looking for any signs of those things that are really important to you, those threats, those things that are going to trigger you or that might cause you damage now. And it's hyper aware. And so when when it sees something something that might have just even the slightest, you know, similarity to something that's happened again, it's going to. That's you're going to get that sensation, you're going to get that worked up feeling. But knowing like, well, wait a second, you've got that cortex that's going to try to figure it out. Like, is this for sure? Is this not for sure? And so just trying to lengthen that space between like, when that initial trigger happens, and then your your response because that's what's going to make mm. the difference between a reaction and a response out of you and so that trying pause. to extend that time yep. yeah i love of going it. okay wait a second it doesn't make it true just because i'm feeling this way in my body doesn't make it that it's a that it's truth that it's yep. really happening
1: and another dynamic that I think is really interesting is like on the flip side, like and of course, we've never met your lovely husband, but it's just like in this insecure attachment.
0: He's our guest next week. Yes, next week we're us. Yes. No, but
1: what I was thinking, like an interesting part of the dynamic is also that
0: it gives people some understanding so that they don't feel damaged or they don't feel distorted or they don't feel like something's wrong with them. And we can balance blame and shame by understanding the origins of this.
1: The triggers are what will happen to that person sometimes is they start to be walking on eggshells or start to feel like they don't want to tell you anything about some interaction they had or anything that might trigger it and so they start to become a little sketchy or avoidant Mm -hmm. or withholding You know what i mean I do. like mm-hmm. not that they were ever doing anything to begin with but that dynamic is so scary probably for both of you that people start yeah. withholding and withdrawing
2: yeah the whole like well if they're gonna lie about that what else are they lying about that's right i hear that so often but it's because their partner's like it was nothing but i can't possibly tell you that this happened this little encounter or yeah. that yeah. i happened to sit next to this person at a work lunch, or you know those minor things, it does start to change the partner, and that's when it really becomes um, something that you've got to look at when you're feeling that way every day. And now it's starting to change your partner to where they are—they are—they're withholding because they don't want to go down that path. And then yeah. the jealousy sufferer looks at that as like, "See, you are a liar." That's exactly. <laughs> so, we see yeah. that. A lot.
0: We see that a lot. And what an unfortunate reality that is. And as I tell people, because I have a lot, you know, exactly what you said, Shannon, there's a lot of people that come in and they're like, I don't even want to tell her because, or him, because they have this reactivity. And I'm like, well, you have to keep being transparent and honest to avoid, you know, them later coming exactly what you said, Mm -hmm. you know, coming back and saying, see, Mm -hmm. you're not telling me the truth. You're not being transparent. And I truly believe, by the way, I believe in 100 percent transparency in relationships. And so even if you like if your husband came home and said, I got to just tell you, Shannon, there is a woman coming on to me at work in my office. Um, and so, you know, I think the, the reality of like some circumstances like that, it's good to talk about, right? It's kind of like when Mm -hmm. I remember when I was uh, doing training and it's slightly different, but when I was in my internship and my, my practicum, I remember finding one of my clients like, like irresistible. He was so freaking sexy and attractive and kind of flirting with me and I'm like I don't think I You're can like, see oh, you anymore hi. put your legs together and please wear underwear anyway I'm
1: referring you, please put your legs together and please wear underwear? That was wow. what I was thinking
0: because he wore really baggy shorts and I could see everything um, wow and- <laughs> So that period, you know, that's, a that's by the way, a deterrent to try to talk about what's really, you know, going on for you. Uh, let's distract from the real issues. But it's interesting because yeah. when you can talk openly and honestly, you can work through that stuff. And so... Like somebody to be even be able to say, I don't want to tell you everything because I don't want to keep triggering you and hurting you and whatnot, but I don't know how to tell you about my travels and this great person that I spent time with, right? Right. Or like, Mm -hmm. I want to
1: partner with you, or there's some weird boundary that popped up and like, I want to brainstorm it with you and let's put our heads together, you know? And Mm
0: -hmm. I know, I, I just want to keep going on this a little bit. You know, Shannon, you're a beautiful woman, obviously. And so there's a part of this that your husband should assume That at some point, some dude or some woman is going to like find you attractive and be like, wow, you're really beautiful. Or, you know, because of your warmth and your and by the way, as therapists, right, like Mm -hmm. we have this weird sort of counter transference and transference going on in our (laughs) relationships. But the whole kind of counter transference experience with like people who see us as warm and kind, we're not always that person. You know, some of my clients have been watching the podcast and they're like, oh, I didn't know that about you. I'm like, yeah, I'm not great. <laughs> that's <Love> more to-
1: <laughs> That's more than they wanted to know. <laughs> you know, about because therapist.
0: they idealize who we are as these warm, compassionate people. We're not all the time.
1: Yeah. So, well, I am. Yeah. You're not.
0: Yeah, you're not all the time. I can confirm <laughs> that. <laughs> Just kidding. But Shannon, it's interesting. I mean, you're talking about this process by which both parties have to play a role in continuing mm-hmm. this. Um, mm-hmm. This awareness and this communication and this navigation of these difficult moments and it can come at weird surprises i also want to say something and i could talk for days about this but you know just because someone there's this phrase once a cheater always a cheater fuck that that's Mm -hmm. not true Mm -mm. you know because thank you shannon because you know the reality is i always tell people if you can figure out why you did it you can apologize sincerely and then you never do it again. You're going to succeed. But you really have to understand the underlying pieces of where mm. this comes from. Similar to jealousy, like the person who's jealous. Is mm-hmm. it your family of origin? Is it a history of insecure yes. attachment building? Is it that you do have consistent patterns of dating people who cheat? Right. Um, so, you got to
1: own your shit. Yeah,
0: you own your shit.
2: Well, and sometimes it is the jealous person who was the cheater before. Right then they're projecting that onto their partner. Oh, so a lot of times, put. I mean, that's a question yep. I have to ask yep. people sometimes, like, well, have you cheated in relationships? Like if because, you're always, a cu- you know? yeah, yeah. Yes. If
0: you're accusing your partner consistently, um, I it might be doing, you. Yeah. Well, you're having those thoughts, it could, right? Yes. Yeah. It could be mm-hmm. well put. It could, it be. could be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and how do you think that jealousy impacts our well-being and our self esteem? Well,
2: I think, you know, one, it certainly affects your health. You guys know, I mean, that constant anxiety. I mean, when your anxiety goes up, your blood sugar level goes up, everything just gets out of whack. And when you are that having having that daily anxiety, that's ongoing stress in your body. So one just out of the gate, um, it's just super unhealthy the other part is, I find, you know, when you're someone who's jealous, you're constantly focused on your partner.
0: Yep. Mm. So
2: there's no way you're not present with your kids. You're not present at work. Wow. You're not present with your family because no matter what, and I remember this, I would go, mm. to, I'd go to the mall. Yeah. And I would get so anxious at the mall, so stressed out at the mall, wondering what he was doing at home, that I would leave. So I couldn't yeah. even enjoy like going yeah. to lunch with my friends and going shopping because I just had to get back home and make yeah. sure that there was you know there's no funny business going on. Oh, so what a
1: terrible feeling! It's
2: that type of yeah where it just really um, you know takes the joy out of and it certainly stopped. You know I said we stopped going to dinners, we stopped going to movies. So then you're taking your own joy out of your life. Like I stopped doing the things that. I even like to do. That's right. You know, you I used see to him love going criminal. to the pool and going to the beach. Yeah. yeah no way.
0: It is amazing mm-hmm. what we make up in our heads. And I wow. want to talk about the physiological piece, too, of cortisol. Mm-hmm. So, of course, stress builds cortisol. Mm-hmm. It affects your sleep. It affects your weight gain and appetite. It affects so many different parts of our well-being. Um, and our physical health is, is absolutely impacted. Um, Shannon, I have a personal question for you. Do you still find yourself yes. insecure and jealous?
2: Yes. <laughs> I am very open with this. Um, yes, you're working right on love it. Her. Work yes. in progress. I well, love her. I know.
0: Anyway, keep so, going.
2: So, I did an episode. It was a year ago. So every year, my husband has a conference, and there, it's always somewhere amazing. One year, it was in Costa Rica. And I had an absolute like old, you know, all that old stuff came back up Mm. for whatever. Well, not for whatever reason. I know exactly why, but um, it was the all the naked butts on the beach. And so (laughs) we were happened to be walking right behind this woman. And it was like walking like behind her and behind. And and so I just I went old school back into, you know, my normal thing. And I had a kind of a mini meltdown right there on the beach. And at that time, I came back to the hotel and I was like, I have to give this whole podcasting thing up. I can't be a coach to people who are jealous. I just had this huge meltdown. There's no way. I am not the right person to do this. And my husband was like, Even more. Yes, even more.
1: Because you are a pioneer in that owning your shit and noticing like the ugly parts of ourselves that we're working on. No one is better at being a pioneer in this and talking about the vulnerable parts than someone who really struggles.
2: Yeah, so it's not life-altering anymore. We're going to dinners, we're going to the movie. We can go you know, anywhere. And most of the time, um, it's totally fine. But there are those times where it creeps back up. And I always, now I just have to look at it. Like, this is there to tell me something. Like, is there something new that... I can create out of this for other people that are struggling? Or is this just to remind me of how that feels? Because sometimes I think it's really important to be able to go back to that feeling and go, oh, I can 100% relate to how you're feeling right now. I can actually feel it in my body as you're describing it.
1: It's, I mean, it's incredible. And I think like it's this brilliant, like take a pause. It's that moment of self-reflection. And then also... Bring us to the tips and tricks. Like, if we have this moment of yeah. self awareness and we're like, ew. It might be more me than it is you. Right. Then, like, what do we do to manage it? I know you're talking about mindfulness and yeah, what what else?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and Shannon, I just want to go to what you just said. This example of like being in Costa Rica, seeing <gasps> all the naked butts, and seeing your partner look at those naked butts. Which, by the way, I just want to tell everybody: nobody is dead until they're dead. And so, <laughs> everyone all should of us be look. looking
1: at those butts. You
0: know, no matter if I'm in a relationship, yes. I'm going to check out men and women. I'm going to I'm going to comment on yeah. their appearance. I'm going to I might even say, oh my God, look at his ass. Me too. Um, I,
1: and honestly, I feel like if you, maybe it's like relationship goals, right? But if you're yeah. feeling partnered with your partner and you yep. can notice beauty as an mm-hmm. abundance and not a scarcity of like, oh my God, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Yes, she is.
0: I've had so many people ask me that question, and we're going to get to the tips and tricks. But, you know, what do I do? My partner keeps checking out other people. That's nothing. That means nothing. Check them out with them. Say, oh, my God, (laughs) she's beautiful or he's beautiful or whatever it is. Like, you know, I I honestly have walked up to couples at a restaurant like, you two are a freaking beautiful couple. That's right. Um, And usually people take that well because I'm not a creepy like, can I join you in bed? Um, (laughs) Are you sure? Only once. I'm kidding. I did not do that. Um, Uh, so you know she Only Shannon,
2: once you asked or only <laughs> once they thought that, right? Yes, okay. <laughs> clarify.
0: You know, it's it yeah, I could go on and on about this. Um but you know the thing that I'm struck by is I do wanna know, like you're talking about like what you did in Costa Rica is part of the tips and tricks, right? Tell us what you think. Well how should people manage these difficult emotions?
2: Yeah. So one of the biggest things, and I started this actually when I was trying to rebuild my relationship with my dad, um, oddly enough, was kind of the same time as I was working on the jealousy. It all just kind of, of course, went hand in hand. And one of the things that I needed to do with my dad is go back and go, do I know everything? Like, is there stuff? Because I keep telling myself that he doesn't love me. But is that everything? Is that the real story? And so I created this like power of one, O-N-E, open to new. And then you fill in the blanks with the E, evidence, explanation, examples, whatever it is. I love it. But being really open to that to go, what else could it? Be. Is there anything else? Wow.
1: Like that's one possibility out yeah. of a hundred yes. are there others. Yes. And it's so hard to generate those new examples when you are dysregulated and you've been telling yourself a story. It is. You know, mm-hmm. I always
0: use this actually with mm-hmm. road rage. Like if I have a client who shows up for their appointment and they're like, that fucker, you know, tried to make my life dangerous. I'm like, maybe they had a medical emergency. What are maybe some other they options? lost their dog that day and they're really agitated. It's mm-hmm. not about you right keep going yeah yeah
2: yeah i mean so one example we had someone who um you know she was writing out like all men cheat mm-hmm. all men cheat at work that was just her thing and then yeah. it was going back and going well uh, or everybody in my family has cheated i don't know any men who have never cheated it's like go it is there really no one that you know no one that you know that is has never cheated. Um, So it's just going back into just really being open um, to those types of things. And then Mm. staying in the present moment, that is really hard
1: for us to do because
2: we're either thinking about like the past going, oh, you know what? Three weeks ago, he came home late and he never really said, we didn't really talk about it. And I know that that's when the new girl at work started. Or we're Mm. always worried about, what's coming ahead. So for example, we have another conference coming up to the Dominican Republic in two weeks. We're leaving normally before I would be so, I mean, I just the entire time, as soon as I knew from last year to this year, every time I'd come up, you know, I'd be nervous and anxious Mm -hmm. about it. And I'd start telling these stories of all the different possibilities that could happen. So it's really bringing someone back to Now and just being like in the present and practicing as much as they possibly can. Like, nope. Oh, I was thinking that old thought. It's not going to help you. Incredible.
0: I love all of that. Or
2: especially the forward talking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, one of the things, and we're talking when we talked about the amygdala and we talked about, like, being in the moment and and whatnot, I tell people if you cannot do it easily, again, when you said when we're aroused or we're triggered, we're not necessarily able to rationally mm-hmm. think about, like, I bet something else is going on. I bet they're checking out that bathing suit or yes. I'm checking out, you know, whatever. And it's okay by the way they might be checking out their ass or their whatever else, uh, assets, the part that I'm struck <laughs> by is, you know, if you can kind of take a break from it, that's the other piece I've encouraged some people to do. Yes. Like if you're starting to yeah. go down that path, if you're likely to be passive aggressive, if you're likely to poke,
1: like mm-hmm. that must've
0: been one of your other girlfriends or, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, when you go down that path, take a second, like say, I just need a like 10 minutes here. Like you can take a little Mm -hmm. bit of time and inevitably you're going to calm down. It's very hard to maintain that level of intensity. And I always tell people before you start talking, try to get yourself from that 9 or 10 of intensity down to like a 3 or 4. And that's the time that you can actually say what you're thinking and feeling in a way that isn't like, I know this is happening. Instead of like, I'm feeling a little shaky at the moment, right, in that tone of voice. We're, you know, yeah. And, and the,
1: you'll get a very different outcome yep. if you have a yep. conversation when you're regulated and owning mm-hmm. some of your own experience rather than, I saw you or yeah. you did yep. this. or. And mm-hmm. I think
0: apologizing for those moments that we have weak moments and we make yeah. our errors and we make mistakes. I mean, it's very interesting to me that you say, I should not be the expert on this. I'm going to scrap this <laughs> podcast. I'm not good at this. Absolutely None of us not. are perfect. Yes, you know, I think one—that's one, of, that's one yeah. of the pieces for all of my patients. I am sorry to show you my imperfection in this podcast. Um, I think it's but a we,
1: crucial. I think it's important <laughs> that like, we are all we human. Model yeah. being yeah. very human. Human. That's right.
0: With lots of emotions
1: and worthy of love, warts and all. That's I will be. A, I
0: point. will be honest too. I kind of beat myself up about this recently event where I like kind of went off on somebody because I'm like Mm -hmm. that person didn't need it that person did not deserve it that there was no warrant to what I was doing maybe a little bit
1: or Um, no warning that you were starting to feel a certain way maybe
0: yeah and so we kind of even developed a strategy for the future but I think there's a point at which just know that you get to recover and and the minute I said Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for letting my emotions get the best of me this person was like, okay, let's spend time tonight. Like, it, you become a more available mm-hmm. person. You said something so important, though. It gets it gets draining if it's over and over yeah. and over, right? Yeah. So I love those. Yeah, th- it, yeah.
2: it does. Um, yeah. And, you know, you guys talked about the repair. That part is so important because... Oftentimes when right. we've had this big explosion, we're in this big argument with our partner, and now our partner's mad, right? They're frustrated, right. they're not talking to us, which happens a lot of times. So yeah. now they're cold shouldering, yeah. and you're trying to build it again. And it's like the long, the, the quicker you can, you know, make the apology, make your part of the repair, yeah. say what you're gonna do moving forward, like think about, okay, here's what I'm gonna do differently. And then you have to keep moving instead of staying in that wallow of like, oh my gosh, they're still mad at me, and now because then it goes into like, but now they really hate me, right? Like Like, now they really aren't going to be created
1: what I fear the most. Absolutely, right? Yeah, this is
0: why this topic is so massive to talk about because you can get into that place of okay, now I made them not as attracted to me, and then that spins and spins and spins, like you said. Mm -hmm. But so,
1: I mean, what you're saying also, it's it's. It's a really interesting two sides of the same coin because, on the one side, without yeah. that pause that you're taking when you're feeling that way, yep. I think people stay in you did this, you're doing this, there's something wrong with you. You're making me feel bad because of the way you are in the world. But then what you are talking about is on the flip side of that, there's a lot of shame maybe that can come Mm -hmm. with some self-awareness. And then you feel really sheepish that, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Maybe I'm the one. And so also it's like important to notice that fine line that we talked about. Is it intuition? Is it regular jealousy or just using something as like uh, the seeing eye dog? I loved that. Or is this toxic? Is this old, unhealthy patterns? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Isn't Shannon amazing? Thank you so much.
0: Shannon, you are amazing. Um, And it's interesting. We never quite know until someone comes on the screen how it's going to feel. This was so enjoyable. Mm. I could go another few hours on this topic. It's Of course, somebody, (laughs) I want you back somehow. And I swear, it's like I found myself thinking, how can we keep Shannon in this loop of our conversation? Because the humanness of this particularly significant Mm. emotion that everyone feels There's no one who has not felt jealous, insecure, whatever it is. It is such a valuable topic. Thank you so much, Shannon, for joining us.
1: And will you tell our listeners how to find you and plug anything? Tell us where, where you are. Sure. Um, If they want to reach out to me, they can just go to
2: topself.com. That's my website. There's free resources on there for them. They can listen to the Top Self podcast. I talk all about jealousy on the Top Self podcast. So uh, those two places they can find me. They can also find me on Instagram at Top Self Coach. And I just want to say a big thank you to both of you because you know, there are not a lot of people talking about this topic and not a lot of people want to. And so um, but so many people suffer from it. And so they don't have the resources like you all are providing for people. So I just appreciate it.
1: And for understanding and having me on, I appreciate it.
0: Mutually grateful.
1: So happy. And thank you again so much for having this really last minute, quick turnaround. I feel like we created a really beautiful episode together.
0: Thanks, Shannon. Thank you. We'll be in touch.
1: We told you. Yeah. We told you it was Wasn't so Wasn't that a good. great interview?
0: Yeah. God, I loved her. I want her back. Yeah, like these are the conversations as a clinician that you just want to keep having and having and having. Oh, my gosh. But We covered so much.
1: And as we were saying goodbye to her and she was like, oh, yeah, I could totally come back. And have you guys ever heard of retroactive jealousy? And we were like, what? Round two. Plus,
0: I want her husband on the podcast to talk about his experience with an insecure and jealous person. Yes, And how it is that he's able to say, no, it's. I, I can affirm you. I know you're working on it. So anyway,
1: I know yeah. Well, as you have noticed from our year and a half of podcasting as we yep. really love to see both perspectives, both sides, the yeah. person struggling with an issue and the person that's been in relationship with the person struggling. Right. And of course, it just brings up all sorts of interesting relationship yeah. dynamics and perspectives. Um, we have in our show notes all of the things that Shannon was saying in terms of, like, where you can find her. So don't forget to look there. And if you loved today's episode, and even if you didn't, make sure to like and subscribe and send the episode to your friends. Did you know you could do that, Doug? Be like, this is a really amazing episode. Can you episode. share
0: it? You is share that what you it. do?
1: share okay. it. If you have a friend that you're like, oh. I'm not
0: technically savvy.
1: Bruh. You need to hear this episode. Send it to them. If you um if you hate your ex and you want to send it to them, you could do that too.
0: Yep. Or <laughs> if you yeah, if you hate your ex because they really did realistically make right. you feel insecure in a really harmful way. I mean, like y- a gaslighting way,
1: because you're not paranoid if someone actually Correct. is trying to kill you.
0: And if you have anything else you want to hear about this or other topics, go to WeAreNotFine.com. We have a place for you to anonymously or identify who you are with any questions that you have. Any comments, any questions, um, please feel free to let us know. We would be delighted to hear your, your recommendations on the topics that we cover moving forward. We never end up you know, being short of topics because there's so many human conditions to talk about. But we would love to hear your very specific question as well as any challenges you're having in your life. And
1: you could be our next mailbag because you know we live for it. Yep. And as always, find us on YouTube because we're cute, actually. Surprise, surprise. Some cuter than others. Yeah, for sure. And find us on social media. Yeah. Douglas L. Jensen with an E-N. D.R. Talia Jackson and We're Not Fine Pod.
0: And remember, we're not fine.
1: But at least Doug and I are wearing green instead of filled with green jealousy? <laughs> green and eyed monster. the
0: frog.